0: Hey there welcome to how i got hired this is the podcast to inspire ambitious professionals just like you to find that job you love or completely reinvent your career i'm your host sonal behel founder of supercharge and career strategist and every week i hold conversations with ordinary people from around the world and they have had extraordinary success in finding their dream job so we have a chat so you can learn how they got hired and today i'm speaking with rupert french who is a job search specialist and author of the book, How to Get a Good Job After 50. But Rupert is not like your other run of the mill coaches. Firstly, Rupert has been helping disadvantaged job seekers for over 40 years. Second, he is my first guest from the beautiful island state of Tasmania in Australia. So literally the other part of the world. And third, Rupert is my first octogenarian guest. How cool is that? He's 83 years young, continues to work tirelessly to help those who need it the most. So I can't wait to have this conversation and learn and take copious amounts of notes with Rupert. Hey, Rupert, very warm welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Sunil.
0: Appreciate you being here. It's very nice to be here. It's great to have you here. So, Rupert, we're going to get cracking. And before we talk about the present and the future, I like to dig in a little bit in my, you know, guests' pasts, you know, (laughs) the dark and the beautiful past. So you started out as a teacher, which we say in India is one of the most noble professions out there. So I want to know, did you always want to be a teacher?
1: Well, actually, no. And I didn't start out as a teacher. I actually dropped out of high school at year 10, and I was a total failure at school. Ooh. But I then joined the army, and I was in the army for seven years, the British army, um, and then I became a journalist, and I was all over the place with journalism, ending up in Sydney as uh, at the Sydney Morning Herald. Fabulous job, terrible hours, and then I got a chance to go to university in my 30s. So I went to university and came away with an honours degree and a wife. And- um,
0: Did you say honours degree and a wife in that order?
1: <laughs> it, well, <laughs> I think I got the wife before the honours. Oh, wait a okay. minute, no, we graduated. We graduated, we, we got married the week after we graduated. Oh. So- <laughs> Okay,
0: so I, I, definitely, th- I definitely stand corrected. So, cause I saw this on your LinkedIn profile, but you know, LinkedIn is obviously one thing. Uh, It tells a story, but it doesn't always tell the complete story. So you did your graduation uh, well into your 30s, I see.
1: Well into my 30s, yes. I was Uh 35.
0: And and what made you leave journalism? Did you say terrible hours?
1: Um, Yes, I got the job uh, 24 hours after arriving in Australia. And I knew nobody in Sydney.
0: And, and sorry, and I'm honest, going to interrupt you again, Rupert. Why Australia? Yes? Why Australia?
1: Uh, because I was chasing a, an Australian girl that I'd met in, in London and uh, um, I ran out of a job in, in England. So I thought, well, I might as well go to Australia.
0: And is, <laughs> and this, so girl, is this the girl who eventually became your wife? Or someone? No,
1: else. no. Sorry. <laughs> 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 the
0: plot thickens. <laughs> okay, got, so, it. got it. So
1: I, I came to Australia. Um, she did arrange for me to have an interview the first day I was in, Austra- in Australia with um, someone at the Sydney Morning Herald and they asked me to start the next day, so I did. Ooh. But my, my hours were from four o'clock in the afternoon till two in the morning. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my weekend was Wednesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know anybody, my social mm. life was drinking at the journo Club, which mm. really hadn't got much future to it. Mm. So I then, um, I took a few days leave uh, from the C- Sydney Morning Herald and, um, met up with another friend of my original friend, mm-hmm. and she said, what about uni? They're very kind of a particular university. What about them? They're kind to old people. You don't have to have finished high school. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, that sounds good. So I went to university, thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, as I say, succeeded, came away with succeeded on both counts.
0: Well, that's wonderful. So does that mean that you did university without having completed your high school diploma? Yes. That is wonderful that they had an open mind to allow you to do that because we are now, what, 50 years later and that is still not that common, Rupert. So I would say they were a little ahead of their time. Would you agree?
1: Um, I think they were at, at that time. Yes, I think they were. Um, but I think it's important that some people, school just doesn't suit some yeah, people. You're
0: very right. You're and very right.
1: and yeah. they can they can sail through university after failing school.
0: Yeah, that is so interesting, because at the end of the day, you're learning, but you're challenged in so many different ways. And it just also shows how ancient some school practices, education practices are. So so talk to us about how did you bump into the teaching profession?
1: Um, Basically, having got married, um, we were both studying for master's degrees at the time. But I was thinking now that I'm married, I ought to be earning money rather than living on a government grant. Mm-hmm. So I got sort of Terry and was looking around for opportunities. My wife was um, on a teaching scholarship. So she was she was on a bound to teach for two years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I found a um, a very generous scholarship offered in Tasmania. For graduate teachers to go and study uh, for a, a teaching diploma on top of their degree, and then teach in Tasmania. So mm-hmm. I persuaded my wife to take that, <laughs> and we both applied and we both got it. So and, you, you uh, get on a
0: tr- you get on a plane, you leave Sydney, you come to Tasmania, and the rest is history.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it.
0: And and was it easy or or how would you say difficult to get a job as a teacher, um, with the very varied career that you'd had? Do you remember like interviewing and all that hiring process?
1: Um, I can and uh, for me actually, and I don't. I was I no was no job search expert at that time, but for me I found it easy. Um, we were interviewed in New South Wales. Um, and we came down here. Uh, the difficult part was actually doing the teaching once you'd finished your uh, teaching diploma. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> they,
1: taught it, they taught us all sorts of theory, but they didn't teach us how to manage classrooms.
0: And, and and that's very important. Oh my gosh, absolutely! So that is so interesting. I've never heard this answer before. Getting the job wasn't hard; keeping it was a different ball game. Yes, of, <laughs> that's
1: different right. ball game altogether.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I totally hear you, and I'm guessing what um, Rupert, good old fashioned, you know, practice and perseverance is is what made you want to continue.
1: Well, yes, um, that's that is quite true. Plus the fact, of course, then I, by that time I. I was supporting three daughters, hmm. so... <laughs> the pressure.
0: Oh, yeah. You were like, I'm going to make it work, hell come hell or high water. <laughs>
1: That's about it, yes.
0: Yeah, I, so I understand I that. I understand that. Uh, fantastic. So, Rupert, what is it that then gravitated you towards those from underprivileged backgrounds?
1: Well, at the country school where I was teaching, we found that in 1981, there was a sudden there was a sudden drop in in employment. Mm. And we realized that one third of our students mm. were going to leave school and be unemployed for the foreseeable future. So with a few others,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, we got started and we put together a, a government-funded project for unemployed youth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we were very work-oriented, very um, – we got our knuckles wrapped quite a lot of times by um, the powers that be, but always with a smile, because our kids came out they, – they, 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 A, loved it, um, and B, they came out and got jobs, so that was great. Uh, we were very work-oriented. We we had uh, work, work pools where they could mow lawns for people and get paid, uh, they – made ladders and dog kennels and other things for sale in a woodwork shop. Um, it was great. Mm-hmm. And they developed a lot of confidence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've always thought that confidence is the key to getting a job.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So that
1: was um, yeah. so that, that was that was great. I have enjoyed working with underprivileged people. Mm-hmm. I, I in fact enjoyed working with underprivileged people in the army. Mm-hmm. I had my own. I was an officer,
0: mm.
1: but um, I had troops who were um, national servicemen. I had troops who were regulars. I had troops who were, you know, real battlers. And um, it was it was a privilege to mm. to help them and look after them.
0: Right. Privilege
1: is an overused word. <laughs>
0: yeah, honor, honor, and a privilege. I I understand that, and. You know you worked so closely Rupert um you've worked with people from across right different sectors different backgrounds I'd like you to share with us three timeless job search strategies that you have seen work over and over again whether it's 1981 1991 2000 you know 21 we're talking about 40 years later and there are some classics um I'd I'd love to hear about it I'm a bit greedy, so about three.
1: <laughs> there, there, there are there are indeed uh, three v- very important mm-hmm. um, points to mm-hmm. beating any form of discrimination, mm-hmm. and I'm including in that the the uh, discrimination against unemployed people that you mentioned when you were talking to Matt Pritchard. Yes,
0: yes, um, yes, yes, and that, also you, you know. Uh, edu- lack of educational qualification, uh, gender, age, ethnicity—there is so much that yes. we think is we think is stacked against us.
1: The, the discrimination exists, and um, it it goes on. exists It's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, discrimination, though, I don't believe that most employers consciously discriminated against and said, I'm not going to have that person because he's too old or that person because he's too young. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that they have in their mind a picture of the ideal candidate, their, their, their vision of the ideal candidate, and those that don't fit that picture get sort of automatically discriminated against. Mm-hmm. So the way to... Um, To beat that is to show skills um, and what you're about, make yourself known to the organisation before your application hits the desk. Now, there are three very important uh, ingredients to that. The first is to build your confidence. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of deliberate, practical, easy steps for building confidence. Mm -hmm. And... um, for,
0: for, for example, which um, just...
1: Well, the, the first example is keeping physically fit, making exercise a daily part of your job search campaign. Mm. Um, another one which I used is laughter. Mm-hmm. And I was running a workshop for um, a, a, a long, a, what, a several-week workshop training course for long-term unemployed. And I started the course every morning with a 15-minute joke session. Mm-hmm. And it meant that the um, the people, A, <clears throat> participants, A, made quite sure that they were there on time because they didn't want to miss the joke session. Mm-hmm. Two, it, they, they developed a confidence and a, an openness to receive and adopt new ideas. And they were happy to do that because of the joke session. So that was important. Um, having a support group. Mm. I sort of talk about people thinking of themselves as self-employed mm. and um, then using that that a small business approach to marketing to go and reach out to their prospective clients, employers. Um, and... Um, to, to sort of do that, I suggest that they have almost an advisory board, a board of mm-hmm. management. Except mm-hmm. that they, they're in charge, not mm-hmm. the not the board. It's it's mm-hmm. the the job seeker himself or herself um, to create a mission statement. Mm-hmm. Say, right, I'm going to be starting in this job with this company in six weeks' time. Now, the mission statement, obviously is uh, there's no guarantee on that yeah. yeah, but it it gives them they're working towards that that uh, that aim and they can it's it puts a light on at the end of the tunnel. they can yeah. see the end yeah and that builds their confidence enormously and it also helps them plan their campaign because they're working towards this deadline.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: um, which makes a, a great difference. Yes, uh, and being proactive, taking control of the job search. Mm -hmm. This is where creating you and co. really comes into it. Um, It's very difficult to be confident of a process of which you have no control. Therefore, be proactive. Don't rely on job ads. Go and decide what job it is you want to do. Decide where you want to work. Two, two, possibly three um, possible prospective employers, and then go and find out all about them, contact people in those organizations, make yourself known. When a job comes up, you put your application in and you're already a known person, and you get the job, or you have a better chance of getting the job. Um, making yourself known is, is, is critical. I was telling you about the training program that I organized. Mm-hmm. well there was um, one one of those people uh, developed a very strong network. he he took to, he took to my strategies like a duck to water mm-hmm. <laughs> and he he went out, he networked not with a huge network, but just meeting with people. Who were doing the sort of work that he wanted to do in the organisations he wanted to work with? He made himself known at that level, and they offered him a job. I think it was. I think he was in the job search for three weeks.
0: So they offered fantastic. him a
1: job, Not and no. uh, when I last saw him, which was some some years afterwards, he was still there and very happy. Mm. Uh, and thirdly. Uh, be always aware of the attitude that you are that you take to the job. Um, Richard Branson is, I quote Richard Branson as saying, at virgin we have our attitude. If they've got the right attitude, we can give them the skills. If yeah. they've got the wrong attitude, it doesn't matter how skillful they are, there'll be a liability. I'm pretty sure I've got the words wrong, but I'm sure that the the sentiment is right. I'm sure you'd agree with it. Um, Employers want a cheerful can-do attitude, a strong work ethic, motivation, energy, drive,
0: um,
1: and willingness to help other colleagues achieve work goals. Um, I had a, a Vietnamese client. He want, he'd he just finished studying an, an engineering degree and he'd also just become an Australian citizen. Mm-hmm. So I got him to um, volunteer at two government-funded organisations and he did two days at one and two days at another. And the um, Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organisation, Um, snapped him up, I don't think it was within three weeks, I think it was a bit longer than that, Mm -hmm. but snapped him up and gave him an engineering contract. And he's still there and he's loving it. And they love him because he's got such a a great work ethic.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So it's brilliant.
0: No, that's fantastic. Um, That's fantastic. So um, I'm taking so much away from here. Um, And some of your points are such fabulous reminders To go back to basics, Um, you know, things like keeping fit. We take it for granted, particularly during periods of lockdown. Uh, The motivation is a lot less, but, you know, going and moving your body, it sends all these endorphins and Mm. makes you in a better mood. And obviously you show up at your as your best self, as opposed to sort of this shadow and, and tired yeah. um, uh, that has a huge impact. So laughing is the best medicine, right? That's what the old ad yes. says. And I'm so glad that you talked about it. It's, it's like, okay schedule time in your day to laugh and that's like for so many people it's like oh that sounds absolutely bollocks but at the end of the day if that's what it takes it's also you know it's it's one of those things that will keep you away what do they say uh, yeah uh, apple a day keeps the dog, but also laughter you know lots of laughter a day mm. keeps the doctor away and the only thing i'll add to what those uh, the basics that i i'm calling back to basics is is uh Quality sleep um, because you see it when the person is an interview, you they look fatigued, like completely exhausted. So uh, I love that. And the board of advisors is something I talk about as well. But you take it, I think you take it a step further. You're talking about, okay, this is my mission statement. And it's very short-term focused. And that's absolutely fine because mission is not vision. Mission is supposed to be literally focused on what do you want to achieve. I want to get a job in this place, and this is my board of advisors. I call the shots. So I've got the long end of the stick. Uh, It's not like they're telling me what to do. And yes, being proactive, the attitude of, you know, showing up cheerful and also being proactive, being in the driver's seat Mm. as opposed to the passenger seat, because when you're in the passenger seat, you can't really complain where the car is going because you don't have control. You always have control, and that's uh, right. your your answer was a, a great reminder of that. Particularly when someone is like, "Yeah, but I don't have this and I don't have that and I I don't have citizenship." And and yes, yes, there are so many things stacked against. But if others can do it, why not you? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, true. I have a client at the moment who's hasn't got citizenship yet, and she's mm-hmm. just. I uh, left it a bit too late to apply for a, a government job, for mm. which she needs citizenship. Mm. So I said, "All right, well, let's let's get that citizenship, and then we'll apply because there'll be more of those jobs coming up in the future." So, getting her ready, building you know, up confidence.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, I I can understand that, and so. Rupert, you've been at this a while. I would even say longer than some of my listeners have been alive, uh, or in diapers. <laughs> so, what are your plans? You know, any plans to hang up the old boots and retire, or you're like, "Hey, I'm just getting started." <laughs> What's happening with you?
1: Well, there's a there's an Australian um, saying that uh, when you're on a good thing, stick to it. Mm. Um, it actually, it was actually an advertising slogan for one of those sticky fly papers, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How appropriate!
1: Fortunately, fortunately, it's got a nicer, a nicer meaning now, and so it I'm, means that So it's, I will it,
0: say, then it stuck with you. The saying, <laughs> yeah, it
1: stuck with me. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Yes, um, it's, it's, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I enjoy writing. And I enjoy job search and I enjoy helping people. And if I can put that together and keep on writing, and I do see the odd client. Mm -hmm. I'm still seeing I've got three clients at the moment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is not enough to run a business, but it's Mm -hmm. enough to keep me going. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I find that that, that's a great help. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that, There are far too few people who are actually working on researching and proposing um, effective job search uh, strategies. Most people in the career development industry, this is my feeling in, in Australia, are more concerned with getting people, helping people choose the correct career path. Mm-hmm. rather than getting into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we've, until there are other people there to pick up the baton, I think I should keep it, keep on going.
0: Yeah, yeah. Your, your, so I your just work hope is I not can. Yeah, I understand. Your work is not finished. Um, no, that's a really great point. Career counselling, all of that is a very specialised space and it's a very understood space. But career coaching, job search coach, it's still a little mysterious of people don't really get it. Like, what do you do? Are you a recruiter? No. <laughs> I help people be ready in front of recruiters, yes. um, which is never easy. But like you said, it is so satisfying when you see these people and you see the impact you've created on their life. Honestly, there's, there's nothing better. Um, fantastic. So Rupert, we're coming close to the end. And there is this particular question I ask every single guest. When you look back on your wonderful flourishing career is there one standout defining moment that supercharged your career and helped you to move towards your current success
1: well i would have to say yes it was that moment when i was teaching in 1981 mm-hmm. when we realized that half uh, where well, a third of the students were going to be unemployed for the foreseeable future and i thought we've got to do something about that with others we started that um, scheme for helping young unemployed. Mm. That went on into the 90s when it was all ages unemployed. And um, I suppose I was there for about 15 years on the board of those two um, organisations. And then um, my position as a teacher was made redundant. Mm. So I did a another postgraduate degree, this time in business, and set myself up as a job search coach. Um, I can't say that I was highly successful um, in running the business, but I helped an awful lot of people get jobs, and that was very satisfying. Um, In the business course, I discovered marketing. I did a marketing unit, and I said to myself, if small businesses can use these marketing programs why can't job seekers use them yes and so that was a defining moment in really helping me work for you and co you know think of a make a job seeker think of himself or herself as you and co mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it was in the 90s that i discovered william bridge's job shift i don't know whether you know it mm-hmm. But that was, um, it was a seminal book of the 90s, and he followed that with Create You and & Co. And that's where I borrowed You & Co. from. Um, and then more recently, um, Reid Hoffman and Ben mm-hmm. put it, came out with um, The Startup of You. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yes, The Startup of You, they say this is not a job search book, but I think it should be because think considering yourself self-employed is just as important for people in transition as it is for people who are in a steady job. So well,
0: so fantastic that, <laughs> I pushed wow. that line. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's really good. I, I love this mentality and I talk about it a lot as well. Borrow everything that's good on, around you. And um, I get this a lot. Yeah, you know, you're a little active on LinkedIn. I I can't have this headline. You know, you're self-employed. It's different. I'm like, well, you're, self, you're self-employed as well. You are first name, last name, LLC, right? Private Limited. That is you. And you don't talk about your marketing. You don't do your personal branding. Who's gonna come and do it for you? Who is coming to save the day for you? No one. You gotta go and take back control because you have control. Mm. So fantastic that 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 realization in 1981 when you were going around minding your own business, being a teacher, doing what you do, and you you stumbled upon this fact that one third of them youngsters is you know one of the young uh, one third of them would not go in and be productive in society and in the economy that hit you like a ton of bricks. You were like, okay, you know, you had a choice Rupert, right? You could have just left Mm. it and continued to teach like you've seen and heard nothing, but you didn't. You were like, okay, that this, I, I've found out about this and there's no way in hell. I'm just going to leave it. And I either help them or just leave everything and then complain about society and how youngsters are useless and they don't do anything, or you empower them. So what you just said is so empowering. Every single sentence that came out of your mouth is absolutely empowering. So, um, and someone is listening today and is like, wow, I want to find out more about Rupert. What is the best way for them to do that?
1: (laughs) Right, well, probably, the best way for them to do that is to um, go to my LinkedIn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have a website. Yeah, I'm hopeless at updating it. In fact, I don't even know how to update it. and It hasn't <laughs> been updated for three or four years. But people still use it mm-hmm. and find it useful, and that's www.jobwinners.com.au. Okay. And then finally, um, if, if they can find a book, there we are. Fantastic. Um, they can find me through the book. <laughs> um, I will.
0: I will put all the links. If they Google, yeah.
1: If they Google how to get a good job after fifty second edition, yeah. They will find the book. Fantastic. And that, that's got all my all my latest um, strategies in it, yeah. and I hope people will find it helpful.
0: Yeah. No, I I understand that. Um, Your LinkedIn profile, your website, as well as your book, I'll place everything in the show notes. Rupert, I'm half your age. I'm hopeless at updating my website. So there's like, oh, you know, it's some things we love. Some things bring us joy and creativity. Some things are like, you know, you you got to do it, but you know, I I totally hear you. Um, I have to say the only um, reference I've ever had of Tasmania is the Tasmanian devil. (laughs) heard of that yeah
1: yes and
0: i i would <laughs> say this, yeah oh yeah so for me this conversation has been with the tasmanian angel <laughs> not
1: the <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you <laughs>
0: you're very welcome rupert this has been such a pleasure and thank you so much for your time and for sharing your wisdom with us and i can't wait to see what else you come up with
1: well thank you Sana. it's very nice to been talking to you. I've really enjoyed the chat. And uh, thank you very much.
0: Hey, you made it till the end. That shows that you care about your career. And that means we need to hang out a little bit more. So just a couple of things. A new podcast episode is dropped every single Monday. Wednesday, I take out one email, which relates to your career and Absolute amazing insights that I only share on email. So if you want to subscribe, go to the link in my show notes that's superchargeyourself.com forward slash newsletter. And finally, did you know I hang out on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook live every single Friday at 2 pm Central European time? So you are more than welcome to join me. Just follow the links in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, Maybe share it with three of your closest friends. And if you're feeling even more generous, leave me a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. That really, really helps the discoverability of the show. So thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourself. And until next time, bye for now.